Hey, this is Michael. Thanks so much for listening to Soma's podcast. Before this week's teaching, I just want to take a second and thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing and subscribing. It makes a huge impact. Enjoy the message. We're in a relationship series called You Plus Me. Every single week, a different angle on relationships. Why are we doing it? Because God is a relational God. We serve a triune God who's been in constant community with himself and the Holy Spirit and the Son and the Father for since, since time began. And because uh, the, all of the law in the Bible, when Jesus is here, he consolidates all of the law into a relational assignment, a relational command. And so he, he's asked one day, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and strength. And then he says, also love your neighbor as yourself. And he, he puts them together because they are together. He says, hey, if you want to love God, if you want to worship God, if you want to be about it, here's how you do it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And guess what? When you love your neighbor as yourself, you actually remind people that you, you love God. And, and so they go hand in hand. This is what he says in John 15, 12. He says, this is my commandment, that you love one another. You love one another. You're like, awesome. And then he says, as I have loved you. <laughs> And when I read that, I'm like, love one another. I'm like, cool. And then he's like, as I have loved you. And I'm like, dang, leave that part off. Because that's, that's a high bar. That's a high standard to love the way that Christ loves us, to put others first. This is the way the Apostle Paul, when he's given commentary in Galatians 5, he quotes Jesus in Galatians 5, verse 14. He says this, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And this is Paul who gives us two-thirds of the New Testament. He's not saying, don't pay attention to the rest of it. He's saying all of that is commentary for this one thing. All of the law, all of your requirements is to love your neighbor as yourself. And so the New Testament of your Bible, all the letters, basically it is just admonition. It's imperative toward one anothering one another. I'll give you some examples. We hit these already, but I'm going to bring them up in case you're just joining us. Uh, Be devoted to one another in love. Encourage one another. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Submit to one another. Keep on loving one another. Accept one another. And then this one is really sobering. John 13, 35. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples. How? If I attend an event. If I come on a Sunday. If I get my certificate for reading my Bible through the year, you know what I'm saying? If I punch all, like, if I, if I hit that streak in you version, you know what I mean? If I, like, whatever the thing may be, like, I, if I serve, I'll, how, how, if you love one another, right? And so it's really important. Um, and uh, we live in a time where we're quick to judge other people, condemn other people, criticize. And we live in a time where we just cancel other human beings, Remember the good old days where the only people who got canceled were like celebrities and like star athletes and politicians who did shady stuff, you know what I'm talking about? And broader culture just kind of wrote them off and that was good old days. Now anybody can be canceled, right? Any of us at any given time. It doesn't take much in our culture today. A single misstatement, some social post from like 10 years ago that you liked, you know, you're, people are like digging it up. Like what do you, you know, um, you can have a serious track record of integrity and growth. And then some, it takes one thing that you said out of character, a moment of weakness, a moment of sin and culture decides for the rest of your life. We're done with that person. Except that's not the gospel. That's the opposite of the gospel. The gospel is, um, in spite of your sin, in spite of your brokenness, in spite of the dumb thing that you did, that you did or that you said, um, God and Jesus, man, he loves us. He offers us grace. 
And really, one of the things that we talk about today, he also honors us. So the way that we're called to live by God is different from the way that we see culture today. Here's Paul, and, and yet one, one more one another. This is what I want to talk about today. This is Romans 12.10. Honor one another above yourselves. Honor one another. And, um, and I like the, the, little, the little part on the end. Above yourselves. I like that part too. Because if you're like me, I like... I mean, I like to honor myself. You know what I mean? It's great. But it's the Bible tells us, hey, honor other people even more than you would honor yourself. So honor your kids. Honor your spouse. Honor your parents. Honor your friends. Honor people in authority. People who have impacted your life. Honor those to, to whom honor is due. But also, and here's the biblical imperative, honor all the other ones too. All the people who disagree with you. Honor your enemies. Honor the, I mean, it sounds insane, but that's exactly what the Bible teaches us. Honor complete strangers. Honor other people. And so my question is, how are we doing at honoring one another? Jesus teaches us this, this is a profound moment in Matthew, excuse me, Mark chapter 6. That's where we're going to be in your Bibles today. So if you have a Bible, open that bad boy up. If you don't, go to your version track with me. If you don't, Sky Bible's right here. Also, if you don't have a Bible... We would love to put a Bible in your hand. We had somebody come up to a recent, us recently at Next Steps. Hey, I don't have a Bible. Awesome. We'll give you a Bible. You're in the South. You got five. Bring one. But I'm just saying, uh, okay, here we go. Mark 6, all right? And this is Jesus, some context. So Jesus, right before the passage that we're going to look at, um, Jesus, there's two miracles that take place. So the family, they ask Jesus to come, and he's going to heal this little girl. As a matter of fact, he goes to resurrect this little girl. She's dead. Jesus speaks over her life, and she sits up in bed. But before that moment, um, he's working his way through a crowd of people, and this lady uh, who's been bleeding for 12 years, she's been sick for a long time, um, ceremonially unclean, culturally kind of a no-no. She just like works her way through the crowd and touches the hem of Jesus's garment. If you're, if you're familiar with the Bible, you know this passage of scripture. But she gets healed because of her faith. So Jesus heals both the little girl, literally brings the little girl back from dead, and then also heals this woman right before this passage in, in Mark 6. And that matters. You'll, you'll understand why it matters here in a minute. So here we go. Mark 6, verse 1 through 4. Jesus left that part of the country, and he returned with his disciples to Nazareth. So he's returning to hometown, okay? So he's leaving from where he's been doing these miracles, and he comes, uh, comes back home. Not where he was. He's born in Bethlehem, raised in Nazareth. So he comes home, and the next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. Jesus, Son of Man, Messiah. They've been waiting on the Messiah. Nazareth, just like all the rest of greater Jerusalem, has been waiting on the Messiah, and Jesus is standing right in front of them. And he opens, up, he opens up the text, begins to teach out of it in the synagogue. And people are blown away by it. And they asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon, begin to name his brothers. And then they said, all of his sisters, they live right here among us. And then look at this verse. They were deeply offended and they refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored, there's that word, everywhere except in his hometown and among his relatives and among his own family. And so they look at Jesus and they totally miss the Son of Man completely. Messiah is standing right there in front of them. They can't see it. They have a certain expectation on who Jesus is based on, on past history, right? They remember the young boy who grew up the kid of a carpenter. 
dude, that kid, like, what is he talking about? Miracles. Look at these. That guy made our coffee table. He made our coffee table. You know what I'm talking about? Judas is his brother. Simon's his brother. A little crazy. You know what I mean? And I remember him growing up. You know, he sat right at the front in synagogue. He had all the answers. Everybody thought it was cool. And the teachers really liked him. But still, he's carpenter's son. It's Mary's son. What are we even talking about? Why is, what's happening? And so, uh, they couldn't see Jesus for who he was. And here's how important that matters. Here's how much it matters that they couldn't see Jesus. Mark 6, 5 through 6, he says this. He could not do any miracles there. He could not do any miracles there except that he laid his hands. And I like that the Bible gives us this because it was like, this was a bad day for Jesus. You know what I mean? Except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Also, that is miracles. But anyway, and, and, and he was amazed at their unbelief. So the human side of Jesus is blown away by the lack of faith and he, he points to it, the lack of honor. There's this correlation between faith and honor, right, in this passage of Scripture. So because of the, their lack of honor and because of the way that they saw Jesus, he ended up living up to the expectations that they had of him. So they expected no miracles. And what they got was no miracles, right? And he tells us there's a correlation between honor and breakthrough. And so um, we do this with God and other people all the time. Um, this correlation between honor and breakthrough. I want to give you a couple Greek words, okay? So these are a couple Bible words. The first one speaks to dishonor. This, this word means without honor. It's atemos. Everybody say atemos. Atemos. Wake up. Yep, atemos. And so it's to dishonor, to treat as common or ordinary. That's just Mary's kid. He's just a carpenter. I remember he used to run around here. I remember that one time we went to the temple and he got lost. I mean, you know, like, I, I remember, like, and, and so a Timos is just common, ordinary. And then there's another one, uh, and this means to bestow honor. This is Timé. Everybody said Timé. Looks like time is Timé. And so um, to value, respect, highly esteem, to treat as precious, weighty, or valuable. That's what it means to honor people. When I highly esteem you, when I treat you as precious, when you're so valuable. How many married people we got in the house? Married people, holler at me. Ow! Someone's excited. All right, new, newly married. All right, no, I'm just kidding. All right, so um, you remember what it's like, married people, in dating season of life? Tim A, you remember Tim A in dating season? Ooh, girl, we talked at 3 a.m. It's okay. It's okay. I hate talking on the phone. I love talking to you till 3 a.m. You know what I mean? Like, or, or um, like how intentional you were, how much you valued one another. You wrote letters. You know what I mean? And like when you went on a date, you both got ready. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you just, like, put pants on. Like, you were just completely ready. You were ready to go. Um, did your hair, you know, did, you know, got ready. Hey, open the car door for fellas, right? You remember that? Don't let that thing slam in her face. Like, you open that thing up, open the door to the building, let it, you know. Uh, just how intentional we were, how much we highly esteemed one another in dating season as we pursued one another. And what happens over the course of time? What was once highly esteemed, what was once really valuable becomes ordinary or common, Right? And just we kind of drift to a place that we just go through the motions and it's just, uh, and then you, you know, and then it's just, you stop pursuing one another, you stop treating each other as valuable, you stop honoring each other in those ways. Fellas, come home. Don't look at your husband if he does this. Come home and they're like, hey, what'd you do all day? You know what I'm talking about? 
Some people, a couple of people laugh. They're like, do I laugh at that? My spouse is sobbing. I don't know what. Um, or, hey, what's for dinner? What's for dinner? Or, um, man, I'll, like people who have these certain expectations. What I used to prepare for you. Now I'm not going to shower all day. You know what I'm talking about? And then late at night I'm going to expect some things and then be offended whenever you don't like. like and y'all are laughing but because that's knowing laughter. Like these are things that we do. No longer highly esteemed. No longer valuable. They drift towards what's common. The idea is to honor one another. Listen, ladies, honor your husbands and watch what happens as they raise the bar to meet the expectations that you have on them and the honor that you give them. In the same way, fellas, honor your spouse, honor your brides, and see the same thing happen. If you want great relationships, great marriages, honor one another above yourself. And what was common, right, what was ordinary, what was me just going through the motions, begin, their life begins to happen. Because again, there's a correlation between honor and breakthrough. And that's what we see in the text. It's amazing that we tend to live up to the honor received in our relationships. So, and, and the reason why we struggle with this is because we tend to think of honor in terms of like merit. So I'm going to honor people in my life who deserve honor. I'm going to give honor where honors do, right? That's the way we think of it. Um, but that's not true biblically. As a matter of fact, the Bible's like, honor other people, period. And we tend to think of honor and respect as the same, but here's what we know. Respect is earned, honor is given. Biblically, just give honor. You don't have to agree. You don't have to share convictions or a worldview. You don't have to... Reason, why does this matter? It matters because God and Jesus, this is exactly what he does for me and you. Me and you who do not... I don't deserve honor. I'm not that worthy. And yet Jesus ascribes value to me in his life, his death, and his resurrection. And he offers over forgiveness and grace. And then he calls me into the same ministry. So the people that I don't agree with, people who don't share my convictions, people who do dumb stuff, say dumb stuff, people who have offended me, people who are sinners, people who are broken, people who are like, those are the Bible tells us, hey, honor all of them. Honor them. And then watch what happens as you honor people. Um, so honor God. Honor the creation that he created, and then watch what happens. Um, I remember in school, we always had teachers, and this is not true. For those of you who are in education, I know you never do this. But when I was growing up, um, there was, I had classmates that they struggled academically. They struggled with behavior. They struggled to do their work. And what would happen almost every single year is the teacher that they had would go to the next grade, and they'd go and they'd poison that well, and they'd say, hey, little Johnny, bro, watch out. You know what I'm saying? Like he is a behavior problem. Like he had, he's not going to do his work. He's not going to listen. He's not going to boom, 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 boom. And they would tell him all the things little Johnny wouldn't do. And then what happened the next year is right away that teacher already has marked up this kid. And that's where they start the year. And the, the ones that do it really well, the teachers that were the most life-giving in my background, didn't look at what somebody else's appraisal was of them, didn't look at past behavior or any of that, but they spoke to potential. And they, they, just, they just gave honor, even where it wasn't due. They just said, hey, you're going to do an amazing job this year. You're going to make an A in my class. You're going to be the best. You're gonna be, I mean, they just begin to speak to the potential in that student. And so when we ascribe honor to someone and we treat them as special and precious, we start to build them up. And then they often live up to those expectations. Honor builds people up, and then the opposite's true. When you assume the worst, when you belittle people, criticize them, tear them down, tell them over and over again what they're not, it's amazing how they also live up to that expectation. That's what he teaches in Mark 6. 
So there's four categories of honor I want to talk about today. And uh, I just want to serve you with these four things. Like these are some areas of our life that we can grow in honor. Obviously, this applies to every relationship, but um, I want to speak to specifics. So the first one is we honor God. This is what we see in scripture. Proverbs 3, 9. Honor the Lord, right? And if you read that, there's, that's inside of a context. You read that whole verse, and I'm going to talk, talk about it here in a minute. But honor the Lord. Honor God. One of the ways that we honor God is we do everything in this life as if we're doing it for him. That's what Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 10. He says, hey, when you're eating, when you're drinking, right, do it as if you're doing it for everything that you do in life. Do it as if you're doing it for the glory of God. Basically, honor God in everything that you do, right? And uh, the Bible gets specific, too. It tells us to honor God, like, in our bodies, for example. Hey, what does it mean to be set apart? What does it mean to be a follower of Christ? Paul tells us this in 1 Corinthians 6. There's other places, too. Hey, one of the things is, you're supposed to, like, this is a temple, right? You've got to honor God with your body. You've got to honor him in how you take care of it. You've got to honor him in how you treat other people with your body. You've got to honor, uh, I mean, things like sexual immorality. All that's addressed in Scripture. Things like modesty. There's different things. It's like, hey, honor God with your body. There's things that the broader culture would say, do you as Jesus followers, here's what Scripture says around your body. Also, there's things that God calls you to do with your body as followers of Jesus that maybe broader culture is not going to do, which is like lay it down for other people. Sacrifice if necessary. Right? Honor one another above yourself. Honor him with your bodies. And so Proverbs 3, 9 passage, the one I just quoted a minute ago, is actually a passage talking about honoring God with your wealth. Honoring God with your first fruits. Basically, honor God in his faithfulness by returning what he already gave you. Honor God in worship and in tithing. And I know we've built an incredible culture. Many of you, listen, all that we do as a church is riding off of your worship, riding off of your adoration, riding off of you honoring God, and then we're able to put it back in to practice, put it, put it into purpose, and then reach more people, see people come to faith in Christ, more people baptize, more people join the church, because this is what we do together. And so um, honor him in all the ways, in worship, in giving, in service, in tithes, and all these different things. And then there's a great... I want to speak to one specific way we can honor him and get better at honoring him in 1 Peter. This is 1 Peter 3.15. In your hearts, honor Christ as uh, Christ the Lord as holy. How do we do it? Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that's in you. And then do it with gentleness and respect. And in 1 Peter, he says, listen, here's how you honor God. When people ask you, Hey, why do you love other people? Why do you serve other people? Why do you honor other people? Even people who disagree with you, who don't share your convictions, who don't like, who, who've hurt you in the past. Why do you do that? I'm glad you asked. Come ready with a defense for what God's done in your life. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to know all the answers. You don't have to do an exegesis on the book of Revelation. You just have to say, here's what God's done in my life. And I just want to introduce you to the person of Jesus. He's changed me. I don't know all the details. I just, all I can tell you is my story and what God's done in my life. And I got to come prepared to make a defense for the hope that's in me. And when I do it, I do it with gentleness. Right? And I do it for respect for the other individual right where they're at. And so um, that's what he's teaching us in this passage of scripture to honor God. Right? And so honoring God is the first one. The second one that I want to hit is honoring our parents. And all the moms and dads said, 
Amen and amen. Okay, so honor our parents. Exodus twenty twelve. Honor your father and your mother. And you're here and you're thinking, bro, you don't know my parents. That's great. My parents are crazy, you know. My parents are weird. They probably are weird. And yet the Bible tells us, honor your father and mother. Not Again, not based on merit, but just based on who they are. And based on the fact that God tells us to do it. And you might be thinking, you don't know my dad. I have an absentee dad. He left when I was six months old. Never been a part of my life. You don't know my mom. She struggles with addiction. Always caused issues. Always caused problems. My life is derailed because of my parents. I'm not honoring my parents. It even preaches better when you honor people who've hurt you. It even preaches better when you honor people who don't deserve it based on merit. Again, honor your parents because it's right in the Lord. That's it. What if we honored our parents, not out of, not out of love and, and honor for our parents, but we did it just because God told us to do and we just obeyed and then watched the fruit. Watch what happens in our lives and in our relationships with our parents when we honor them, even when they don't deserve it. Here's one of the things that we, t- this is a great application. Some of you will think it is. Some of you will hate this. Okay, so Brooke and I, we practice it at home with our kids. Um, and that we require our children to use manners. Y'all remember manners? How many of y'all remember manners back in the day? Y'all remember that? That's good. So we say, yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Right? We say, please. We say, thank you. You know, and, and some of y'all are like, that's so antiquated, man. That's so old, right? I, have, I took a psychology class, and they told me that's crazy. There's a new way to do that. Listen, I do not give a rip what broader culture or your psychology teacher told you. Um, As for me and my house, come on somebody, we're going to use our manners. Why? Because what it does is it teaches our kids about authority and it teaches our kids about honor. It just Because listen, if my kids can't honor me under my own roof, what do you think they're going to do one day when they get a big boy job, big girl job? You think they're going to honor their boss? No. You think they're going to honor other people in authority over their life? No. Why do you think we have the issues that we have in broader culture? Because we're so terrible at this. Honor people. Why? Because they deserve it? No. Because he says to. Right? Because, because it's good application. And when I honor other people, it shifts something in me. Honor's never about the person who's receiving it. It's always about the person who's giving it. Every single time. If I need you to honor me, I got issues, okay? We need counseling. I got to work through some stuff. I got some ego problems and some pride issues. But listen, honor ought to humble you. It should, it should humble you. And honor, when you're, when you're giving honor to other people, it actually, it reframes some things. It makes you think. It, it's, the, it's the recipe for breakthrough. Uh, and there's an element of faith in all of it. And so, um, parents, I love my kids, okay? I want a relationship with my kids until I die. I want a relationship with them. But my kids are not my best friends. My job and my role with my kids is not to be their buddy. My job and my role with my kids is to be an authority in their life. It's to train and to equip and be in a spiritual authority. And I'm supposed to lead them. Right? I'm supposed, and that's not saying I can't be your friend. I'm just saying that's not my primary role. My primary role is not being liked. My primary role is leading. And so that's what scripture teaches us. And so just because I said no to a request or I disciplined somebody for a behavior that they knew it was incorrect, they did it anyway, and I encouraged them to use men or why? Because it shows honor, and that's what we're called to do. Okay, I'm getting off that soapbox. On to the next thing, all right? So honor God, honor our parents. And then if I hadn't gotten up in your business yet, here's one for you. Honor those in authority. 
Read Romans 13, 1 through 7 when you get a chance. I'm just going to hit you with verse 7. Read, woman, uh, read all seven verses. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe them taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. That's good advice, too. That's just good application. Pay your taxes. All right? Anyway, revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. And, um, and so what he's talking about, what Paul's talking about in this part, again, if you read all seven of the verses, you'll realize that what he's talking about a lot in this part is political authority, the governing authority. And just for context, because some of you up until this point, you're like, you've had me, bro. God and parents. And then we went this direction, and I'm like, negative, right? Because I don't want to honor this current administration. Or I don't want to honor the last administration. Or I'm not going to submit myself. I'm not going to honor certain people who are in authority in my life, whether it's the president, the mayor, Congress, whoever it may be. And yet what the Bible teaches is, hey, none of that really matters. None of that really matters. Listen, because honor is given, Right? Honor is given and respect is earned. Honor is given and respect is earned. And so um, I, I don't have to agree with you on policy or agree with you on tone or like any of those types of things in order to, to give you honor for the role that you're in in my life. And I'm going to broaden it. I don't have to agree with my teacher in order to honor my teacher. I don't have to agree with all the things like my coach in order to agree with my coach. Like that person on the PTA... Dang, she drives me crazy on the PTI. I just can't, uh, but I still honor. Person in the HOA, that guy's a Nazi about fences. I'm going to honor him because he's in a place of authority over my life. And the reason why is because Paul, here's what's nuts about this passage, right? Romans 13. Let this hit you for a second. Paul is talking about a Roman government who is persecuting the church. Paul is talking about a Roman government. He's talking about emperors and people who basically tried to squash the Christian movement. He's talking about guys like Nero. Right? who burned Rome to the ground, blamed the Christians, and then covered them and lit them on fire. Right? And so he's saying, hey, yeah, honor them because they deserve it. No. No. In spite of that, honor them. Like, honor people. Pray for those who are in authority, even if you disagree with them, even if you don't mark up on, uh, on policy, even if you don't mark up on tone. Right? Pray for people. Like, ask God to move on people's heart to align with God's vision for their life and to align with God's vision for our country and to align with God's vision for our state and to align. Just pray for them. Honor them in that way. Here's what's crazy. In the Old Testament, and we'll get off this soapbox in a minute too. In the Old Testament, uh, David is on the run from King Saul who is trying to kill him. And, and when you read through this passage in the Old Testament, what's crazy is David stops and honors King Saul while he's trying to kill him. Let that hit for a minute. When's the last time the president tried to kill you? I've never had that happen. Maybe you have. I don't know. But, like he's a, but he just, he gives honor anyway. Why? Not so much because of, of the actions of King Saul, but the place that King Saul holds. And because Bible tells us, hey, honor those who are in a place of authority over our lives. Honor God, honor parents, honor those in authority. And then the next one, Honor pastors and spiritual leaders. And I know what you're thinking. Bro, that's very self-serving. All right? Calm down. Let me read this. So 1 first, first Timothy 5, 17. The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. And again, you're thinking, that's still very self-serving. I don't understand what's happening. So I just want to take a minute and do something with this passage. I just want to take a minute and celebrate you. I just want to take a minute and say thank you and express gratitude for a church family who 
shows honor to me, shows honor to Brooke and our family, other leaders at our church. You guys do an incredible job in leading in this area. And we feel prayed for. We feel encouraged. We feel like people, when bad things happen, hard things happen, people reach out. People care. Right? We feel honored and we feel loved. We feel highly esteemed and valued by you, our church family. But I'm going to take, take a minute and do something. I'm going to take the honor that's given and I want to redirect it which is what I think we should do. Here's what I want you to honor. So instead of honoring me, instead of honoring Brooke, instead of honoring our team, I want you to honor those who are holding your babies right now. Mm. Yes, sir. I want you to honor those who are servant leaders in Soma Kids, serving our children during services right now. You got people who are in small groups with your kids right now, praying over your kids, asking them what they need prayer for, asking them how their week went, remembering them by name, helping them to see Jesus in Scripture, and then speaking to the potential, exactly what we're talking about today. You got people who do that right now. I want you to honor the people who woke up at at 5, got here at 6.30, stood out in the cold, and set up for today. I want you to honor those who are standing in the parking lot waving at you this morning. I want you to honor those who are here at 3 a.m. on a baptism Sunday to fill up the holy hot tub, right? To fill up the tank so that people can take a next step and go public in their faith. I want you to honor those people who open up their homes to host strangers so that they can become family and follow Jesus together in groups. I want you to honor those who midweek at this space come and clean toilets. Can we honor the people who clean the toilets up in here this morning, okay? Yes, we are all grateful. We're all grateful. So why does honor matter? Um, honor matters not only because it's right biblically, but honor, matter, but honor matters because dishonor actually hurts you. You miss out. Mark 6, we're going to put it back up. Mark 6, verses 4 through 5. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his own town, among his relatives and in his own home. Verse 5. He could not do any miracles there. It wasn't his preference. It wasn't because he chose not to. And I don't understand all this. And if anybody tells you they do, they're lying to you, right? There's commentary on it. Great. But he could not do any miracles there. Except, and there were things happening in people's lives. But not in the way that he desired to move. Not the healing that he desired. Not the breakthrough that he desired. Not the freedom that he desired for people. And so, right after Jesus has resurrected a little girl and healed a woman who'd been sick for 12 years. So, again, it's in him. He literally walks straight from there to Nazareth, preaches, and then it's, he's blown away by the lack of faith and by the lack of honor that people give him. And in response to that, they get no breakthrough. They get no miracles. And I, I, I wish I knew more, except that there is a correlation between honor and your personal breakthrough. That's it. That's all I got. So I wonder what miracles God wanted for me and for you that we missed out on because we lacked honor. I wonder what blessings he wanted to give me in my life, but I missed out on it because I lacked honor. I wonder what prayers God wanted to answer for me and he didn't answer them because I lacked honor. And here's the good news. You start today. You're like, well, I've been terrible at this up to this point. Awesome. Start today. Honor people, every person in your life Treat them the way that Christ treats us. In our brokenness, in our sins, while we were still sinner, Christ lays his his life down and says, there's your value. There's your high esteem. There's what you're worth. And it makes absolutely no sense. The gospel makes zero sense. And then he calls us into that same ministry and he's like, 
I want you to always speak to people's potential. Not the last dumb thing that they said. Not the last thing that they did that hurt you. Not the sin. Not the predispositions to struggle. Not the addiction. Not all the, like, all the labels that the world puts on us. He's like, stop speaking to that. Speak to who they can be. Speak to who I created them to be. Speak to their purpose. Speak to their calling. Speak to their, they're an image bearer. I made them. I created them. I love them. Here's their worth. Jesus, that's their worth. And it's wild if we begin to do that together. Romans 12.10 Honor one another above yourselves. Above yourselves. In a culture that's so divisive. In a culture that's quick to write one another off. In a culture that's quick to cancel. Instead, honor one another. And then watch what happens in breakthrough in all of your relationships. Watch what doors open up in your life when you honor people. Watch what opportunities and possibilities lay on the other side of obedience and honoring people. I love the way the ESV translation puts it. It says this, outdo one another in showing honor. Make it a competition, man. Outdo one another. I remember growing up and uh, my, my parents were here last service. So I got, to, I got a chance to brag on my dad a little bit. But I remember growing up and we would go to dinner with people. And my dad and my uncle... Uh, Randall, they would always fight over who was paying for the bill. You know what I'm talking about? Y'all remember that too? That was good back in the day too when we used to do that. Um, manners and that, those were both good days. But anyway, so, but they used to like, I mean, straight up almost, it was almost embarrassing. It was like, guys, calm down. It's like, but they would get creative with it. So my dad would go in early and he'd like look at the person who was hosting or the waiter. He'd be like, I got this. You know, and then Uncle Randall would catch wind of that. He'd be calling like a week in advance. He'd be like, I'm coming, you know. And so they just out try and outdo one another with honor. And so I think if we take that same thing and we apply it to our marriages, listen, you want a great relationship in your marriage? And again, I'm not mad at you. I am preaching to myself right now. And Brooke says, Amen, right? So but I'm just telling you, if you want a great marriage, apply the principle. Just outdo one another in honor. Hold each other in high esteem. And then watch people raise, watch people live up to the expectation that you have and watch the miracles that take place and watch the answered prayers and watch the open doors and watch the things that God desires to do in your life and in your family. I'm going to take a minute because I have the microphone and I want to honor some people, right? I'm going to give application to what I've already said. So I want to honor my parents who, they were here last service, but I would not be here today were it not for my parents. My parents love me, man. They have, they have poured into me. They've given me opportunities. My mom prays for me. I'm really here because of my mom's prayers. My dad built a generous, uh, a, a culture of generosity all growing up, open-handed, not to just me and my sister, but to everybody he knows. And there's just certain things like church was a priority, commitment was a priority, like consistency was a priority, doing the right thing. Like they just built certain things in me that made me love church and made me do what we're doing. I wouldn't be here without my parents. And I love and I honor my parents today. I want to love and honor Brooke who, oh, as my best friend, as my bride, as my love, as co-founder, co-leader of this church, in many ways, Brooke carries a whole lot behind the scenes. She hates platform. She desires none of this, right, ever. But the way that she leads behind the scenes, and honestly, the way that she encourages me, honors me, and supports me for, I mean, almost 16 years of just grace upon grace upon grace. A lot of prayers answered as a result of that girl, and I honor you today. We are, I am where I am because of you. And, and so I honor you. I want to honor other amazing leaders at our church. 
I want to honor Justin Reed. Um, all of the people who lead, just so you guys know, not just me, but our entire staff, everybody who's in a leadership role, staff and non-staff, people, they've, take, they've made sacrifices to serve you, which is really the goal, right? And so this brother, he, he huge sacrifice, moved, came on mission in Hickory, and, but I love his vision. I love, and, and he's really competent at what he does. If you hear the band, you're like, that's dope. I can't believe that's here. So it's like, it's really good, but also just his heart. Like, I just honor Justin for his heart and the way that he, he cares. Like, he really does care, and he loves people so well. I want to honor Andrew Lackey. Um, Andrew serves, and he oversees our First Impressions team and does all of the, like, a lot of the operations out of what we do as a church. So it's just such a gift and such a grace from God for him to come, step out on faith, huge sacrifice. I'm going to brag on him a minute. And so, like, he just, he stepped out in faith and said, I just want to come and lead, and I can raise my own support, and I can not get paid for a year, and I can function as a staff member so that we can raise the bar and reach more people. And God has honored that and blessed our church as a result of his sacrifice and a result of his generosity. He's one of many. All of them have sacrificed. I want to honor Amanda. Where's Amanda? She in here? I want to honor Amanda Rao for all that she brings to the creative side of what we do, all that she brings to communication, all that she, I mean, just a bar and a mark for excellence. But what you don't see is all the things behind the scenes and the way that she cares for people, the empathy that she displays and the way that she reaches out and really serves and cares and, and really pastors and loves on people who are under her span of care. I want to honor Ryan. Barger, who oversees our production team. Ryan, again, stepped out on faith, challenged him, hey, you have these gifts, you have this competency, you have this experience, would you step into this role? And we have raised the bar tremendously in the area of production and technical and video and all that kind of stuff as a result of his yes. But what you don't see is who Ryan is at the table when he leads a devotion, or when Ryan prays for you, or when Ryan just like talks to you about life and faith. And that I love, and it just changes me as a leader. It makes me it makes me a better leader. I want to honor Eric, who oversees now our groups. And Eric and Austin moved from Toronto. Again, didn't know us. Dropped out of Toronto into Hickory, North Carolina. There's a little bit of a context shift for you, right? And so came, led kids and youth and young adults. And now Austin, his wife, who I also want to honor, is leading all of our kids with excellence and raising the bar on that so that you guys can do We can all do what we're doing as a result of her yes and making it more excellent. But also Eric, who had to make a real shift and now oversees group life and just is grace to do it. Nobody better on our team at making connections. Nobody better on our team at lifting a room. Nobody better on our team at making a joke and making people feel comfortable. And really knows his Bible well, is going to serve you guys in group life well. And I just want to speak to all of the potential that's in them. So as amazing as they are and all the things that God's already done in and through them, there is so much more. And we're going to grow as a team. We're going to get better as a team. We're going to serve you better as a team so that you can do the same to the people around you. I want to honor all of our trustees, Greg and Stephen. And Sam, and I want to just thank you for your time, for your emotional equity. You actually care. It's not like a thing you have to attend. You actually care about stewardship. You actually care that we take, we have a, a percentage given towards this or a percentage given towards this. Or, hey, are we hitting our marks? Are we stewarding money and finances and resources? And more importantly, people will. Are we leading in a way that's excellent so other people want to join and be a part of what God's doing here? I can keep going. I'm going to keep going. Dream team, right? For all of you who serve on the dream team, for all of you who say yes, for all of my servant leaders, I just want to honor you. Church family, I want to honor you. I want to honor first responders. Thank you for running into the building. Thank you for answering the call at 2 a.m. Thank you. A, a group of people that is 
under honored, a group of people that are under thanked. Thank you for all of our military men and women who serve our country. I want to thank you for those of you who are serving in education. It has been a hard two years. Thank you. Those of you who serve in the medical field, thank you. I want to honor you in this moment. I want to honor those of you who have adopted or you have fostered children in your home. Thank you. I want to honor the single mom who's holding it down, working a full-time job, doing everything she can for her kids. Listen, it's a everybody always mentality. Just honor the people around you. Honor them and watch what God does as breakthrough happens in your life. And why do we do it? We do it because Jesus honors us by pointing to our potential. And then he lays his life down and he asks us to do the same. And, and, uh, this is what people people wonder what the difference is between the first century church or the the book of Acts and where the church is kind of drifted to. It's these types of things. If we would take and apply God's word to our life and we would live it out in such a way, people would be so weirded out by the way that we honor, by the way that we serve, by the way that we love. They're going, What is that? Let me get some. I want like where did you get that? And you're like, hey come and see, right? And so Jesus, he comes, he stands in our place and he honors us with his life and he lays it down and he says, here, you're highly esteemed, you're worthy. And then he calls us into that same ministry. So that's my encouragement to you today. My encouragement is uh, every single one of us have an area, like all of, all, probably all areas that we need to grow in and honoring God in honoring our family, honoring our spouse, honoring our parents, honoring our siblings, honoring the people in authority over our life, right? Not because of what they did, but because God tells us to and because there's breakthrough on the other side of honor. As a matter of fact, they'll raise the bar to that place of honor. Let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you for uh, just the way you love us and how it's inspiring as we open up your word and we're reminded of all that you have in store for us on the other side of obedience. And I'm praying for every single person in this room, God. I have, I, I've got to grow in this area. God, I know you want more from me personally. You want more from my family, me as a husband and as a dad and as a leader in the community, God, for our church. You want more for us and it's on the other side of honor. So help me to grow in this area. But God, help us all to grow in this area. If you're here and you'd be, you'd be honest enough with yourself to say, hey, I got some growing to do when it comes to valuing other people or esteeming other people. I got some growing to do in the area of honor. Would you just raise your hand and on the moment real quick, just be like, that's me. Yeah, hands up all around, right? Yeah, God, give us over to that. So we repent. Judy. God, I repent of selfishness. I repent of making it about me. God, I Straight confess that I've made it about me time and time again. And I pray you by the power of uh, God, your Thank spirit you. and your word, you'd remind me of all this on the other store, uh, of all this on the other side, of all that's in store, of, um, of putting into practice, honoring other people around me. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, he gave everything. He, he attached your worth to his... God literally attaches your worth and values you, loves you, and honors you in such a way that his son gives his life as a ransom for you and your brokenness and your sin. If you know you need a savior, if you know you want to surrender your life today and make a decision to follow Jesus, would you just lift your hand in this room and just say, that's me today. I'm tired of playing games, going through the motions. I want to go all in and surrender my life to Christ. If there's one person here, awesome. Wherever you're at, if that's you and you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I surrender my life. Sorry I've made it about myself. I want to love and honor, 
honor others well, and I want you to lead me in that same practice. Help me to make that my imperative. Help me to make that my admonition, that I would love others the way that you love me. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. One.